0: They're in the cabinets, the streets, everywhere. An absolute plague. Australia is overrun, and it's spiraling out of control. Thousands upon thousands of mice have invaded. It's a plague of biblical proportions, or at least that's what many are saying. Eastern Australia has had a growing infestation that has reached dangerous levels in the past weeks. Millions of mice have overrun rural areas in Queensland and New South Wales. Why so many mice? A bumper crop, which is usually good news. Now, residents are finding mice everywhere. One grocery store tallied 600 mice in a single day. Hotels have been forced to close down. And it's not just annoying, it's dangerous with mice comes disease. We can only hope this infestation comes to an end and soon. The kingdom of God is like this, not diseases, but as the kingdom advances, hope and faith spread uncontrollably. We're Christ's kingdom and the enemy can never eradicate us. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Thursday, we're in a series called The Journey to Jerusalem. Next week has been called Passion Week, the time when we reflect on Christ's final week in Jerusalem before he was put to death just outside the city. The place of the skull, Golgotha, is where Jesus' journey ended. This week, we've been looking at stories that tell us how he got there. To tell all the wonderful things he did between his miraculous birth And his death on the cross, as the Apostle John said, would fill all the libraries in the world. But there are some key stories that the Gospel writers share with us, and these stories can help us understand what Jesus was really up to. His journey to Jerusalem forced everyone he met to come to a decision about who he is and about what he came to do. In these next few minutes, we're going to look at events in Luke chapter 9 that lead to the moment when Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. It's important, and I'm looking forward to you joining me on this journey. But before we hear about that story, I wanna remind you about the Easter music of Andrew Peterson that we've been hearing all last week and this week. He has written what I would describe as the finest Easter album of our times. a sample from the song simply called risen indeed just one of many that Andrew Peterson has on its latest album Full of Resurrection Music. Recently we were talking and Andrew told me he wrote this album to help people see the greater story of a new world that the resurrection points us to.
1: It's the it's the center of the whole thing, man. Like it it it's amazing to you know re, to read the New Testament through that lens, you realize that every sermon that was preached, like hinged on the resurrection of Jesus, the mm-hmm. bodily resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so if that didn't happen, this is all a waste of time. Um, like, you know, I, somebody asked, uh, I heard somebody talking recently about like, okay, why are you a Christian? And the answer was because I believe the resurrection happened. Mm. Like, that's it. It's not the, that Christianity is a, is a better way to live, I think it is, Mm -hmm. but that's not why you're a Christian. It's not just a philosophy by which you, you live. Like there is this, uh, this fact that happened in history that we can't wiggle around, which is that this person named Jesus was God and he Mm loves us. And so uh, anyway, yeah, I just, I, I, once I realized, you know, that, that, that was this Central part of the gospel. It just has changed the way that I live my life. You know, mm-hmm. um, once I realize that the new creation is is grounded and beautiful, and it's a remade earth, like it changes the way I tend my own garden, literally, and like I'm looking at it right in front of me. Right. Um, I I I think about the fact that the daffodils coming up out of the ground in the springtime are trumpeting the resurrection. You know? mm, mm. <laughs> they 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 preach the story. All of creation preaches the, yes. the sermon every year. And so it's just it's all in there. Sorry, you, you you've gotten me going. I'm just That's all it's, right. It's uh it's a spring day in Nashville and it's so I believe the gospel more than ever, you know
0: that's award winning musician and author Andrew Peterson. I want you to have his deluxe version of the Resurrection Letters volume one. That includes a bonus five extra songs. The music will stir your heart to worship as you hear the lyrics telling the story of Christ's death and resurrection in a biblical and artistic way. Call us after this program. Please make a gift to support the ministry and make sure you ask for Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters 1. Our number is 800 654 Thirty-six, eight hundred, sixty-five Haven, or visit our website and listen to samples from all the songs on the CD, and then you can make your gift at HavenToday.org, HavenToday.org, and now let's get started with one of those songs from the Resurrection Letters One album by Andrew Peterson.
2: we gather around this table we remember and proclaim Christ has died Christ is risen Christ will come again there's nothing to fear and everything to gain and so we gather here to remember to remember and Every footstep tells the story As the people join the feast We remember His blood and body Broken for you and me One step and we remember The other we proclaim his death until he comes, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back again. And every time we break the bread, we drink the wine. I can hear the song in my heart, in my head, and I sing along.
0: A song that looks back, a song that looks forward. May we remember and proclaim that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming again. Another powerful song from Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters 1. I'm Charles Morris and this is Haven Today and a program called The Journey to Jerusalem. The great writer C.S. Lewis was most famously the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, a series written for children. But he wasn't just a writer of wonderful tales for kids. He was a brilliant and well-respected scholar back in his day. He was a soldier in the Great War, and it radically shaped the rest of his life. It turned him back to the Lord, for one thing, but it also gave him a powerful voice during the Second World War, when he was invited to give a series of talks on the BBC. These talks eventually became his most popular non-fiction book called Mere Christianity. The talks were simply inviting anyone who was listening to come to Jesus, to convince people that Jesus Christ was who he said he was, that he was God, that he was the Messiah. And in these talks, he gave his listeners three options about Jesus, and their options that still apply today. C.S. Lewis said that there are only three options. You either believe that Jesus Christ is a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. He spent his time walking on this earth telling people that he was the Messiah, the Lord in the flesh. People even tried to stone him for saying God was his father. So there are only three options. Was he lying? trying to deceive people not just into thinking he was a good teacher or a revolutionary, as some would have it, but into thinking he was God's own son. Lewis was right. This would make Christ worse than a liar. It would make him demonic, hardly a good teacher. But maybe he wasn't trying to deceive people. Maybe he was delusional. Many of us have read about cult leaders like Jim Jones of the People's Temple or Marshall Applewhite of Heaven's Gate. They were delusional. They really did believe they were sent by God to liberate people and to save them. And their delusions led so many into death. 916 died under Jim Jones' delusions. 39 under Applewhite. Was Jesus just a delusional lunatic? or was he really the Lord in the flesh? Each of us is forced to answer this question. C.S. Lewis was clear. We can't escape answering the question. We will either dismiss Jesus as a fool, or we will reject him, spit on him as a cruel liar, or we will fall at his feet in worship, calling him our Lord, our Savior. Jesus doesn't leave us a fourth option. We can't follow him halfway because he isn't half a savior. That's what we've been looking at this week. Stories of Christ, but stories that show us exactly who he was and what he came to do for us even today. That's the story that Luke 9 tells us. In Luke 9 and 10, Jesus was very busy. But he wasn't the only one doing any work. He sent out the 12 and then 72 disciples into the towns and villages ahead to prepare the way for him, but also to preach the good news, to cast out demons, to heal the sick. Luke 9, one tells us what this was like. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So they set out. And went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. This was what it was like to be empowered by the Lord for ministry. The sick were healed, the demons were cast out, and the Lord's servants were left with story after story of what had happened. And when Jesus would enter a village, he would preach. Many would come to him and find healing for their souls and along the way Jesus did something amazing he turned his attention to his disciples and he asked them a question who do you say that I am this was the moment if they thought he was stringing them along this entire time this was their chance to say it but they didn't peter simply confessed you are the Christ god's messiah the crowds thought they were coming to Christ, but it was actually him that was coming to them. And it's true for us as well. Jesus prepared the way to our hearts. And when we finally come to faith in him, he's waiting for us at the door. God's Messiah. That is who Jesus is for us. And that's who he was for his people in the Gospel of Luke. He wasn't just sent to proclaim good news to heal the sick, or to cast out the demons, he was sent to die in Jerusalem. And nowhere is that more clear than a little further in Luke chapter 9. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him. Because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. Luke telling us that Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. But if we were to read this verse in the original language, it would say jesus set his face to go to jerusalem jesus knew exactly what he was here for and when the time came he set his face to finish the work the father had sent him to do but his disciples still didn't quite get it they had gone ahead to a samaritan village samaritans you know were despised already because they were seen as traitors but the disciples went on ahead to this village They were there to prepare the way. But the people there didn't give them a warm welcome. They didn't listen. They rejected their word, and they didn't want Jesus to come either. The disciples thought they knew what to do next, call down fire from heaven to consume these sinners. They didn't realize that Jesus had already set his face to Jerusalem to be consumed by the fire of the Lord on behalf of sinners. Sinners like the Samaritans, and sinners like the disciples, and sinners like me, and yes, you too. Jesus was heading to Jerusalem to take the full weight of our sin upon his shoulders. He didn't want to call down fire from heaven to destroy people that were rejecting him, he was about to die for them. We, all of us who trust in Jesus, live in an upside-down kingdom. But it's his kingdom, the kingdom where the king pays the taxes, the citizens live rent-free, and enemies are turned into friends. Jesus did that, and he did that for us. We were just like those Samaritans at one point, and we're still like them from time to time, wouldn't you say? Unwilling to hear from the Lord? because we know what he has to say will cut us to the heart. We know that his word will call us to change, so we put up our walls. We push him away. But Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. He didn't turn away from us, and he won't turn us away either. It's another powerful reminder to us, as we look ahead to Easter next week, that our faith, our salvation, hangs on the shoulders of a crucified man outside the walls of old Jerusalem. After Jesus rose from the dead, as he was talking with his disciples outside of the city, he reminded them that the Messiah had to suffer like that. He had to be scorned and spit at, and whipped, tortured. He had to be crucified. But that would not be the end. He had to suffer all these things, he said. But afterwards, he would enter into his glory. And by God's grace and the Father's love, Christ will bring us to glory with him. That's our hope. He set his face toward us, because even in our most faithful days, we falter. He won't let us go, though. And as we travel with him on our own journey, Our journey to the new Jerusalem, we know that he's with us every step of the way.
2: Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? The one who utters no untrue word Whose hands are clean, whose heart is pure Who can ascend that hill? There is none righteous, no, not one We are prodigal daughters and wayward sons We don't know the half of the hurt we've done The countless we have killed Our priests, are cheats, our prophets, are liars We know what the law requires But we pile our sins up higher and higher Who can ascend that hill? I am a sheep who's gone astray I have turned aside in my own way Have mercy on me, Son of David Lord, remember me When you come into your King Sacrificial lamb, a body you gave me, here I am. I have come to do your will, and no one takes my life. You see, I lay it down now willingly, and I will draw men to me when I ascend that hill. On Sunday, you came as a king, on Monday, washed the temple clean, on Tuesday, you told them what will be, on Wednesday, you waited patiently. On Thursday you said it is time I'll drink this cup Cause it is mine On Friday, Lord, you poured the wine Like a thief on the cross As he hung there dying For crimes that were no use denying While the righteous judge Hung right beside him How could I not recognize you? How could I not recognize you? How could I not recognize my Lord? My Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. ago the sky was stone, the trees were standing stripped to the bone, you could hear creation groan. But I write these words on an April day, and the earth is drinking the early rain, the hills remember green again. And we've heard this story all our lives, still we feel the pain of the crucified, and the end still comes as a surprise. But before the breath there in the tomb, before our joy sprang from the womb, you saw a day that's coming soon. When the sun will stand on the mount again, with an army of angels at his command, and the earth will split like a hull of a sea, wherever Jesus plants his feet, and up from
0: words from the thief on the cross, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Very few today can craft a song rooted in scripture, turn it into a story, and then write music that you can sing along with. But that's exactly what Andrew Peterson has done with this song, Remember Me, and his album, Resurrection Letters One. I'm Charles Morris. This is Haven Today and a program called The Journey. To Jerusalem. I really want you to hear the creative and carefully crafted music of Andrew Peterson and his Resurrection Letters 1 album. It's an album that tells the story of Jesus from the cross to the first moments of his resurrection. His once dead heart begins to beat again. And it concludes with two mighty songs of worship reminding us that Jesus is worthy of our praise, and that He's seated even now at the right hand of His Father, holding all things together. This is an album this Easter that will move you to worship. I want you to have this special deluxe version of the Resurrection Letters 1 album that includes five extra songs from His Prologue EP. The number you can call and make your gift to right now is 800. 800- 6542836 865 Haven. Contact us right now, would you? so we can send it to you by Easter to worship and enjoy. Or visit our website and listen to samples from all the songs on the Deluxe CD, and you can make your gift there at havenToday.org, havenToday.org. And just before we go, I want to remind you about our new podcast. We just posted a full-length interview with Lisa Turkhurst that you will find encouraging, I believe. And I know you'll enjoy the long interview we did with Andrew Peterson where he talks about his upbringing, hoping in Christ, and how the resurrection inspired his music. You can hear great stories with Charles Morris on your favorite podcast player, or you can find it there on our website haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me again. Won't you come back again tomorrow on this journey to Jerusalem? As again, we'll celebrate together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Life is full of trials, most of which have their season and then pass. Most, that is, but not all. Until the end of his life, the Apostle Paul was afflicted with what he described as a thorn in the flesh. God never took it away. What about you? Is there something for which you've begged God to take away, but he hasn't? The Apostle Paul could have grown bitter, but no, he learned to embrace his thorn as a means of God's grace. He said, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And it may be that what makes you feel weak is what God wants to use to make you strong. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.